Welcome to 1869, the Cornell University Press podcast. I'm Jonathan Hall. This episode, we interview poet, author, visual artist, oral historian, and policy analyst, Susan Eisenberg. Susan was among the first women in the country to become a journey-level electrician in union construction. And for four decades, she has endeavored to understand, frame, convey, and advance issues of tradeswomen. Her Cornell books include two published this year, the 20th anniversary of her book, We'll Call You If We Need You, Experiences of Women Working Construction, and the poetry collection entitled Stanley's Girl. She is also the author of the 1998 collection of poetry, Pioneering, Poems from the Construction Site. We spoke with Susan about her upcoming workshop and book signing at the Women Build Nations Conference in Seattle, Washington, this October 12th through the 14th as well as our new online exhibition, On Equal Terms, Gender and Solidarity. Hello, Susan. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, glad to be here. Well, you, um, we've been exchanging some emails, and you uh, let us know that uh, you're going to be busy uh, next weekend, October 12th through the 14th in Seattle. Tell us a little bit about uh, what you're going to be doing in Seattle. Well, I'm going to be at the Women Build Nations Conference, which uh, they're expecting 2,000 people. Uh, so this is sponsored by the by NABTU, the North American Building Trade Unions, and ANU in Seattle. So it'll be bringing tradesmen from all across the country and, and other countries as well. Um, I'm going to be doing a workshop on um, the, and reading about the two new books, Stanley's Girl and the We'll Call You with a new preface, We'll Call You If We Need You and also launching an online exhibition um, that's called On Equal Terms, Gender and Solidarity. So it's an it's a online exhibition that um, uh, has 12 interactive rooms to it, uh, giving a sense of history and the forward possibility and experiences of women in the construction trades. Yeah, I was, uh, as we were discussing earlier, the. Um... I've, I've looked at your website, spending the past couple of days looking at it. It is amazing. It's amazing. For listeners that want to uh, take a look at the website, it's, the address is uh, O-N-E-Q-U-A-L-T-E-R dot M-S. So it spells unequal terms, uh, but you just add the, the period in between M-S, and, and then it takes you straight there. Beautiful and website. And it's H-T-T-P-S. Yeah, right before that. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. Yes, I'm, I've, I've been working with very brilliant people, so <laughs> like I give them a lot, like a lot of the credit for, uh, like you making it so exciting. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, yeah. So um, let's launch into that. But first, I wanted to I wanted to talk a little bit about the history uh, and tell us the kind of overview of of how this started and why 1978 is such a pivotal year for for your work. Uh, well, 1978 was when, in, on April 7th, Jimmy Carter, who then president, issued guidelines opening construction jobs to women, set goals and timetables, and then the next month, uh, goals for women in apprenticeships. And that's really when, that same month, actually, is when I got into uh, an apprenticeship uh, in Boston in the IBW local here. And um, so, so I'm very, I kind of, my trajectory very much followed the 
history, the civil rights history, so I've been very aware of that. Um, on the 20th anniversary in, in 1970, in 1998, I'm sorry, so on the 20th anniversary in 1998, April 7th, I gave a talk at the U.S. Department of Labor, uh, welcomed by Alexis Herman, then Secretary of Labor, for the two books I had out from Cornell, then We'll Call You If We Need You, Experiences of Women Working Construction, and Pioneering, a poetry book. Um, on the Ten years later, on the 30th anniversary, is when I launched a 900-square-foot touring mixed-media installation about women in the trades uh, that um, traveled around and kind of brought people more viscerally into that experience in galleries that you could walk through. Um, and then now it's the 40th anniversary, 2018, and so I'm launching the, uh, a virtual exhibition um, it's really, it's really brilliant. I mean, it, it's clear that this is uh, decades of work put together. Uh, so many voices, uh, so beautifully presented and, and very, very powerful. Um, when you enter the website, you know, there's a landing page and then there's the enter button. And you click that, the first thing you experience is the room where Stella is in. Could you tell us a bit about Stella? Yeah, so she's a life-size figure on a ladder, and um, she was the center of the touring installation. Um, she um, wears the same Carhartt coveralls that I used to wear outdoors in the winter, <laughs> and my, so I gave her my coveralls. Her hair is uh, made of flannel shirts, um, and she's kind of like an every woman having an everyday. Her face is a collage of tradeswoman faces. Um, and she's wearing a diamond hard hat, which is an image from a poem I wrote during apprenticeship, um, Hanging in Solo. That's actually also you can hear in the listening room. Um, and on her also are tags that tradeswomen have filled out over the decades when I asked them how they were labeled on jobs. So um, uh, that's you know a little bit different, somewhat arrangement each time I've exhibited it and always adding new ones. Um, and uh, for the virtual exhibition, um, uh, we brought Stella to a contractor's prefab shop, Anika Electrical Contractor, Jane and Brown, and um, just shot her from all angles so that then you and then um, uh, created a video that would allow you as a viewer to come in and see close-ups of the tags and also close-ups on her face of the different tradeswomen faces. Um, and I think she represents in some ways in the same way as in the We'll Call You If We Need You book, where um, I don't highlight each chapter a different woman, but it's sort of the composite of as women entered, as women try to get training, as women try to advance. So I'm always interested in that, um, the, the story of the whole, and not leaving anyone out, not just telling a success story or a terrible story, but what's the whole story that holds everyone with all our variations. Yeah, it's very effective. The, the, the video pans around Stella multiple times, kind of giving you a 360-degree um, perspective, and it feels, and then, and then the tags, many of them, or most of them, are, are derogatory comments that were uh, yelled at or, or commented under their breath uh, to the woman worker, and, and it's just, they're heartbreaking, uh, many of them, um, but it, it has that feeling that, the, that, these, that uh, Stella's surrounded by these negative voices. Uh, but still well, but persevering, has, still climbing, too. Yeah, but also she's got a diamond heart. Yes. So, too, as a kind of a counterpoint. And also just to, uh, that she's pulling in. I think electricians particularly notice this because she's pulling in cable. So that means that she's got um, a partner 
um, on another. Usually I have it so it looks like it's going up to the next floor. So she's got a partner she's working with. So um, oh, that's cool. it, uh, there's that complexity to her of, um, yeah, that she's, cause she's, um, she's actually started off on a four foot ladder. So now she's moved up to, she's gotten bigger. Oh, <laughs> nice, nice. It's moving up. It's moving up. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of dynamism in the, in the imagery. It's, it's really well done. And um, her eyes are made out of fuses. Oh, neat. Oh. And um, so those fuses become um, like a, a used on the website in the upper right corner in each room link you to the curator scrapbook that is basically wall text, you know, that you would find in a gallery that gives some background on each room. Yeah, that's a very clever design. I, I really like that. Um, it, it, as you said, it, it gives you background similar to when you're in a real museum and they have the plaque on the wall. Um, so yeah, it is. It has it's uh, has a almost a 3D feel to it. The website and it, and it is multimedia. Uh, you have uh, a really a fascinating section called the listening room. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the listening room? Yeah. So in the physical installation, uh, we had three different audio sites, and in on the on the virtual exhibition and they're all together in the listening room and it's in um, five categories then so you can open an album and listen to individual titles and um, so so there, there are poems that are in there uh, is one section but then there the um, interviews that are from Stanley's girl and um, pioneering um, but the there's four breaking in path blockers and supporters family passions where um, viewers can hear the excerpts from the interviews that I did for the We'll Call You If We Need You book. I had interviewed 30 women from around the country in five trades um, about their experiences to kind of understand how the numbers had stayed so low um, from, from the perspective of the women who lived that history. So I, I just, um, you know, also as a poet, I just love, you know, that original language where you can hear where a person pauses and, and the, the voice. Uh, you know, you hear so much more than just their words. So I'm really thrilled to have this part. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really powerful. The, uh, we have, you had mentioned one of those sections, Path Blockers and Supporters. Uh, we have all queued up um, a part, an excerpt of the interview that you had with uh, Gloria and the Gloria title. Flowers, a plumber from Cleveland, yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, I, we have it queued up, and let's play it. It's, it's entitled... Uh, Friends you didn't know you had. I had one incident that actually went to the business agent. And I was over on the west side. And they had these two heads out there, right? And they were so filthy. I couldn't go in them and hold my breath long enough to <laughs> use the bathroom. So I told this guy that was the foreman, I said, hey, I'm going to this KFC I seen down the street around the corner. He told me that I was not to lead a job. He said, I don't care where you go, you're not leaving this job. You can go in a bucket over there in the corner, but you're not leaving this job. I said, well, you do what you have to do, and I do what I have to do. And I left that job and went to the bathroom. I mean, because the numbers thing is there were never enough women on the job for them to have a head for the women. So you had to go with the guys. And... Um, I tell you, the Honey Dipper couldn't get in there soon enough to service that thing. That thing was, those things were foul. They were just bad. And uh, one of the guys called the business agent because a lot of the guys got incensed when they found out how the foreman was treating me and what he had said. 
it warmed my heart and made me appreciative. And, you know, it's like having friends that you don't know you have. Hmm. It's good news. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of tough, difficult um, stories, but then also these uh, more human stories or or, or uh, more positive stories uh, that uh, within the exhibition. Well, well, it's you know, it's a, it's both, and it is really a, a story I think that speaks to the importance of of uh, your coworkers speaking up and stepping forward, and um, and and you know how that's been important to having a pathway for uh, for people who had been formerly outsiders is to have people who are insiders you know speaking up on their behalf and you know it, it obviously benefits everybody to have bathrooms that are clean and uh, you know um, yeah so it, it also I think speaks of yeah that um, co- you know that the common uh, good of, of what makes a better situation for women is often what makes a better situation for everyone um definitely definitely and so there was um there's there's wallpaper testimonials on the on the website um there's a the, there's a, a um, very powerful video uh, the poet's mailbag the picnic uh, and then you uh, end uh the the site with a with a section called the bold thinking corner tell us a little bit more uh, a little bit more about that Okay, yeah, and so, so the ones you mentioned are, you know, the, the wallpaper testimonies come from the hearings in New York City um, of two years of testimonies of, about discrimination in the construction trades. You know, that just is an example of, uh, you know, for the rest of the country of uh, kind of details of, of what happens and, um, and also just how long women have been speaking out um, and the, the we rem, you know there's about the work related deaths is in the we remember and the the uh, poet's mailbag addresses sexual assault and then the bold thinking corner is kind of set up like a game um, to be sort of fun and it's the ending and it's how I end when I do presentations and with that um, so it gives criteria for what it would take to um, really change uh, the you know, the, the situation for women in the industry. Um, you know, because if you have 40 years, women are still at 3% of the workforce. Uh, there's been a lot of, you know, appearance of effort without real effort. So I identify six criteria that to me really make a bold statement and bold, you know, serious effort of change. Uh, I give three examples of bold ideas, one from the past of vintage, <laughs> and, you know, because it, so much happened in the early days when there was a strong federal effort that, you know, should be remembered. And then two, uh, uh, the iron workers now have a paid maternity leave benefits, which was a, just a game changer in the industry. And then in California, um, very particular to their situation, there the, there's a uh, united effort between the State building, California building trades, and Tradesmen Inc., uh, grassroots tradesmen organization, to put forward um, two legislative uh, proposals that really would define discrimination, you know, in apprenticeship and in the uh, in the workplace, so that those could get, um, you know, there would be accountability and change around that. Um, and what I like about you know, those all is they're very particular to the to the place where they happened. Uh, you know, where, where they're coming forward. So I kind of um, not not so much a person about best practices that are 
cookie cutter, but that you know people in their own you know workplace, in their own work area or, or region know what what they what the, what is the vulnerability and what's the possibility, and can really um, work together to create their own path of of, of change. Um, so I try to encourage that sort of bold thinking led by you know the active journey level tradeswomen who are you know should be in the leadership role locally yeah these are very inspiring uh, uh examples again you said you started with vintage back in the 70s but then the uh, maternity leave benefits for the iron workers international union that's 2017 so just last year and then the california legislative proposals on harassment and, and work culture just and this. you can link from this, um, like say with the California one, you can link to the, 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 um, these bills that are in progress and see how they progress. You know, so from this, you can go to that, or from the Iron Workers one, you can go to the exact policy. So, um, so that's the advantage also. You know, to, we had to think about what's the advantage of having a website, you know, because you miss some of the things of a touring installation where you can, you know, have a cake and smell the frosting on it. You know, yeah. I had a lot of things like that. So one of the advantages of what you can do with a website is you can, you know, link to other sites and, you know, add a lot more documents and it doesn't, I don't have to pack up a 16-foot truck to tour it. So much more, advantage. much more portable, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and reaching more people, reaching more people. Yeah. yeah, so you can add more content. Yeah, so that's, you know, now we're doing fundraising for the next phase to add more material, you know, in some of the rooms. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's it's very it's a new model for me, and I'm uh, thankful to have a really brilliant creative team to, that have made this possible. Well, yeah, I mean, again, it's very creative, it's very well done. So I want to give you a, a great congratulations because uh, it's it's really stunning, it's really stunning and effective, and effective. Um, so as we started, uh, you're be going you're going to be going to Seattle um, for the Women Build Nations Conference, October twelfth to the fourteenth. And we talked. We started the conversation, uh, you know, going all the way back to 1978, and that many things have changed, but a lot more haven't. You know, what 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 are some words of encouragement and words of wisdom that you have for uh, the current generation, or, or just for the the field as a whole? Uh, um, what what would be what would you like to say? Well, I think it's. Um... Uh, there have always been women who have uh, actually been able to have successful careers, and you know, from my generation or the women a little bit behind me, you know, those women are retiring with great pensions and benefits, and that um, you know really reminds us how important access to these jobs is. Um, and, uh, and I'm going to do also a presentation at the conference with the woman plumber from San Francisco in the remembrance of her uh, a woman that she worked with and. She told me that four of her five kids are either apprentice or journey level union plumbers. So, so that's just very <laughs> encouraging. Um, but what we need to do, I mean, the, the idea of the installation is to present that idea of what does it mean to treat people on equal terms and to say um, that, the, you know, we can identify hostile treatment and obviously we have to get rid of that, but that we also have to change the notion that identical treatment is necessarily fair treatment. If I need a six-foot ladder and you need an eight-foot ladder, or I need an eight-foot ladder and you need a six-foot ladder, or whatever, we're both given six-foot ladders, uh, we're not, like, the identical treatment isn't equal treatment. So really 
to, and I think it's a complicated question, and, and it's a long answer, you know, that we'll have to create over time, both, you know, in the construction trades and other industries in our culture, of what does it really mean to create a, um, a, a workplace or educational institution or a society where everyone is treated on equal terms, and, um, you know, that things like a ma maternity leave that a woman, only a woman will need and use is um, equal treatment. Um, so it's just a new way to try to think, and um, so I want to encourage encourage that. And I'm really excited that there are you know things like this Women Build Nations conference, and um, you know a number of unions, including you know as you you know like um, my international president Lonnie Stevenson wrote a blurb for so we'll call you if we need you you know new issue with a new preface. Um, that's just really thrilling to see the leadership of, of a number of unions and, you know, the North American Building Trades sponsoring this conference, but really stepping forward to say we have to address this. Women are an important part of the, uh, of the um, workforce going forward, and we have to, um, you know, make it work. So um, I'll be using my Women Build Nations workshop to not only present the books and the online exhibition, but to encourage bold ideas, you know, in the same vein as the Bold Thinking Corner. And I'm very lucky to be joined by two IBEW sisters, one from New York and one from British Columbia, and they'll be sharing the new efforts that they're doing uh, to just start off the conversation. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, you're doing very, very inspiring work, and we're honored to be publishing your books. We'll call you if we need you, Stanley's Girl and Pioneering. And yeah, it's I'm very uh, impressed with all that you're doing. This this online exhibit is fantastic, and um, I'm sure you'll be inspiring many uh, in Seattle in in a, in a couple of, in a few days, a few days. So um, so thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. It was it's always a pleasure talking with you, and. I hope we talk to you again soon. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, great. My pleasure, yeah. All right, you take care. Okay. All right, bye-bye. That was Susan Eisenberg, author of We'll Call You If We Need You, Stanley's Girl, and Pioneering. As a loyal podcast listener, we would like to offer you a special 30% discount to purchase her books. Visit our website at cornellpress.cornell.edu and enter the promotion code 09POD at the checkout. Thank you for listening to 1869, the Cornell University Press Podcast. 